Hey guys, it's T-Rex. And Boom Boom Bridget. And guess what? We're already at episode four, which is Inspiring Hollywood, Hollywood Glam. Glam. So today we are going to have our guest, Beth Shari, um, and tell us a little bit about her, Boom Boom. Well, Beth is a good friend of mine. I'm glad to have her here. She, um, she's definitely been my rock through quarantine. <laughs> we've, we've spent a lot of time together and got to know each other really well, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I've got to know, know her more on a personal level. And we've worked together on different productions and things, and she's, she's got a lot to offer to um, the community and to the world in general. And I'm glad that we can have her today because she's going to shed some really great insight on what goes on behind the scenes at shows. Yeah, so we're taking a different angle today. Um, so we are, we're really happy to have her here. And um, how are you doing, Hi. Beth? Hi, <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for the nice introduction. That was very sweet. Anytime. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited because I've learned so much about you in the past week. Um, it's been unreal. Um, I'm I'm now a fan. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so uh, so good news. We are green. We are officially green. Yeah. So this episode Jeez. is live. We are not on the phone. Which we are is coming a- from you live from the Glam Cave. <laughs> no background interference provided. <laughs> Some cats come in. Right? There you go. There you go. Um, so uh, one thing I wanted to start talking to you guys about, and I know that you guys have done this. Um, you guys had a lot of fabrics, and you guys did a little something to help out while we were all sitting in our houses. If you want to tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. Well, sure. Um, a friend of mine who is um, in, in Monroeville, uh, she actually has a photography studio, and she has a lot of family members that are, are in the medical field. And she asked me um, back in March when all this started uh, about helping her out. We figured make 100, 200 masks maybe for people in the medical field that weren't getting the, the N95 mask they needed. And it just exploded. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody expected to, no. to be, you know, the, the whole pandemic to be yeah. what it is. But um, just the mask um, need was so great that we're I think we're close to a million yeah. made um, oh, within, wow. within the group called Sewing for Angels that she created and uh, so Bridget and I have been just cranking up masks when yeah. we can and helping wherever we can um, going through the stash of, of cottons that <laughs> have been sitting there <laughs> for years did. waiting to be used so. well, I was excited I got my Halloween yeah, yeah. my Halloween design um, thank you to Boom Boom hey, no problem. Um, I was very happy to get that <laughs> gotta be stylish even <laughs> when you're in an epidemic right. it's a fashion statement now <laughs> exactly we actually started about thinking about making some that have um, like holes in the, like the grommet yeah, holes like so you can show. put straw through. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I've seen that yeah <laughs> I saw one where like they had a little flap where they just flipped the whole oh. thing up so they could and they were eating like oh a gosh. cheeseburger and oh then my gosh. Yeah. that might be a bit much yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was a comedic thing but it was yeah. uh yeah it was pretty good was, um, so so people have been using all kinds of strange things as masks what the yes. what is the strangest thing that you've seen in public that somebody has used as a mask. <laughs> Not wearing one. <laughs> <laughs> I said straight. Yes. <laughs> um, I did see someone 
I think this was actually on Facebook, and I think it was a friend of mine <laughs> that had a face mask with little penises on it. <laughs> and it actually said, if you can see what this is, you're too close. Oh my God. Ah, so so um, it was it was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cute little way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah that's great. I did see another one, but I it was a little disturbing, and I, yeah, I just rather not talk oh, about that oh, one. Oh, well, Even for our audience, oh, it was man. a bit okay. much. Well, so... <laughs> We'll pass that You'll one. Tell out. me that one later, because I'm. Yes. I'm <laughs> um, I think I saw somebody use a thong as a face oh, mask. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm hoping that it was clean. I mean, to each their own, of course. <laughs> but I mean. Did it actually Fil- cover their entire filter mouth? Wise. You know what? I didn't stare at it. Uh, I'm really thinking, I'm just picturing like this stripe right oh, in the middle of their yeah. mouth. And that's it. <laughs> you know. It's a Brazilian. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw memes about people using bras, but I haven't actually seen that in person. But some people I are using like bra that cups, one. which is just. Yeah, I haven't you know, seen that one. Like I... a triple D, <laughs> your whole face is oh, covered. <laughs> I did see one where a lady used underwear uh, I saw underwear and I saw a sock, uh, sock. Yeah. someone used a sock yeah See. I still was like mm, I don't know my mom just... was talking about somebody using a um, plastic bag and a pad oh no and I'm just like you know what at this point Darwinism <laughs> right? has to kick in okay. yeah so you know I'm just gonna stay out of it oh yeah. my goodness yeah, that's yeah, that's bad. the thing. It's like if that's all you've got, then I guess. But, but that's why I'd we're making masks. A t-shirt. So you know, yeah. just, just ask. Somebody can make you one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've actually been wanting to put some out on our front stoop because if people need it, then they should be available. And I've had a hard time charging people for it because it's such a, a need. Yeah. That um, you know. Yeah. Until I run out of fabric that I don't <laughs> that I already have and have to buy more, I feel like. Just as long as people are safe, that's the important yeah. thing. Exactly. And that's great. It's a great opportunity. I mean, I obviously you see on commercials and social media and stuff, it's becoming an industry more where mm. people are trying to make advantage of that with different yeah. styles and things. And I commend you for that. That's Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand trying to make a living. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, tell us, um, going into your fashion background... Um, tell us, I know we're going to touch base a little bit more on some of these, but give us kind of a, you know, give our audience just a quick kind of overview of what type of cost, you know, what type of design you do, um, what different directions you've, you've, uh, kind of studied in or, or worked with, or, um, you know, kind of give them a little bit of a taste of what we're getting into. Absolutely. Um, so my background's in costume design. Um, I graduated from Point Park uh, university back before it was a university um, with a with my degree in, in technical theater and an emphasis on design and I've been very uh, grateful and lucky to have had um, some amazing jobs in my career um, I started off in opera oh, wow. and then segued into um, more uh, traditional theater um, my, my first jobs were down in um, well one was in uh, New Hampshire I was up in um, Glimmerglass Opera was my very first job uh, out of college, and then went down to Florida, to Miami, to work with the Florida Grand Opera, um, and I, I learned a lot. I learned, actually, the, what I'm grateful for is that the jobs I've had in companies like that is that I've learned a lot of what to do and what a lot of not to do, <laughs> um, just by watching other designers and other 
um, uh, costume shop people, uh, how they interact, what what's beneficial, what's not. Um, you know, how, communication is a huge part of the industry, and you're trying to to express an, an idea that you know you can put on paper. But it doesn't always translate into reality the same way, and it's it's a it's an organic process because sometimes the needs of the production or the the performer dictate what that piece will be. So what the designer has in their mind just from reading the scripts can change drastically through the process. Yeah, I got um, you. I um, has that been like what was the what kind of experience have you had has that been where that's been a challenge? Um, I, I could see the communication between like a director versus mm-hmm. versus your ideas and how that could clash. How did you overcome that obstacle? Um, uh, well, it's just keeping lines of communication open and making sure that they are part of the process the entire way through so that, that when we get to tech week, it's not, oh, I didn't realize this was going to look like this. And that still happens sometimes, unfortunately, <laughs> even though with the best of intentions, um, it's it's hard to express without checking in, you know, over overkill uh, to, to just kind of have faith in the designer and what they're doing. Um, and a lot of times directors just don't, especially with costumes, they don't have that investment. So... They just kind of expect you to just be able to make magic happen, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> um, I think the only the one that incident I can really recall that uh, was a production where I had given the actress uh, uh, something to use as a shawl because it was going to be part of her costume. Um, so I gave her something to use for rehearsals, and she never used it. And then when we got to Tech Week, it was trying to figure out how to make the shawl work with her choreography and you know, her, her blocking. Um, so we ended up actually just sewing it onto her costume. Oh, that's a good um, idea. So it kind of made it part of the yeah. look without it being a hindrance. So it's, yeah, that kind of stuff. You just kind of um, you deal with a lot of people's insecurities and egos. And um, I think costumes end up dealing with that more than any other aspect of, of theater. Yeah, I can agree. And and it's interesting is that like what you were saying with the Shaw, it it was a prop. It's a prop. It's you know, you you have a costume but it's also a prop to you. So if there's a hat or just anything, it yeah. it becomes, you know, so detailed as to where are we going to put that down? Where are we going to do this? Where are we going to do that? And that's something that I think audience or people that are not in theater realize. Yeah. Um so that 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 was very smart sewing that together. That's a good idea. Um, it was Tech Week. We had no choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to backtrack a little yeah. bit. Um, so, um, you know, obviously the arts community has suffered here recently with the epidemic, and um, it's made it very hard. There's been some support out there, but I know I know a lot of people are still having some struggles with that. Getting back, you know, starting to get back to the grind. Um, what did you find, you know, with your, uh, with your background and what you do, what options and what things did you do to overcome that while you've been here? <laughs> Cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've all I, done that. <laughs> so I, I, well, <laughs> I, it was actually kind of devastating um, because I had we just finished um, a production at St. Vincent College uh, we did um, Into the Woods, mm-hmm. and actually Boom Boom was amazing and helped with uh, <laughs> uh, makeup and special effects. And um, and then I was working on a dance production at Seton Hill University, 
and that's when everything came to a halt. And at first it was, well, we're going to postpone it for a month, and then we got the, the reality check of this is not happening. And just it was heartbreaking because uh, for so many reasons, um, you know, personal and, and just because I felt so bad for these students, these seniors that had been working so hard on these dance pieces that were I'd been able to see some rehearsals and they were brilliant. And just to be able you know, to not be able to see that come to fruition was just heartbreaking. Um, you know, for to be able that was my first time working with Seton Hill and it was like a real costume shop with real help. I don't usually get help. It has been my help. <laughs> she knows. She knows how crazy she's not lying. Um, so you know, she's boom boom's helped me just sew on buttons and things last minute when so I crotches back together. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, so um, yeah, so I actually have the luxury of having a crew and people to help was so nice, and hopefully I'll get to do that again with Seton Hill. But for this particular production. Um, to know that that wasn't going to happen was just very sad. Yeah. I mean, I, understandable, but still. Yeah. Sad. I completely agree. Cause like with our last episode with Hallie, mm-hmm. she uh, was graduating this year and her senior piece, she does not get to perform. Oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that a little bit last episode. So kind of in that same category, she was really from the dancer's point of view. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah you yeah. don't get to show off your work either. Yeah, so exactly. that's very, uh, so yeah. then, so then, see, uh, Saint Vincent does a summer theater season, <laughs> and we were supposed to do Sound of Music this summer. So we were actually <laughs> we were joking because nobody wanted to do that show <laughs> except for the president who was retiring, and it was like, did the universe hear our request? the whole world to yeah. suffer for it, but we're like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to admit so, I'm not a fan of the Sound of Music, yeah, so yeah. I. Same. I kind of side if you, you want to watch that, it, but... watch the movie. It's yeah. a good, good movie, but it's a hard show because of the kids, and they have multiple costume changes. Mm-hmm. And when we have nobody backstage to help, on top of it just being a show that's just yeah. you either love it or you hate it, kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that was the silver lining, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but that also meant I was out of a job for the entire summer, yeah. and I don't know for the foreseeable future. I don't know when. I'll be back at, at St. Vincent, um, hopefully in the fall, hopefully October, yeah. but we'll see how the world <laughs> Yes, goes. cross fingers, we start opening yeah. up because I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm so bored, yeah. and all my concerts are uh, gone for the year, and yeah, it's just kind of one depressing thing after another, so um, good news, Cedar Point opened up. So oh, okay. there is an amusement park adventure in the future. Okay. So there's I heard some positives. Might be opening in the summer. I, like I think so. Too, I think so. so um, I heard they're only letting so many in. Okay. Each day that you got to get your tickets ahead of time mm-hmm. for okay. that. So um, you know that might be a perk. You might actually yeah, be able to ride right. some rides right. <laughs> <laughs> without being in line forever. Yeah. Um, no fast pass. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, so what are you doing to um, supplement your income during all this? We know that you've been <laughs> drinking, volun- <laughs> volunteering, and making masks. But you know, what else? What else is keeping you busy? What are you? What are you trying to do to to keep yourself afloat here? Well, so another silver lining is that uh, of all of this is that uh, I have a business that I've been trying to get off the ground for a while and trying to balance that with having a, a, a tangible income has been a challenge. So 
I've had the time to work on my studio space, which is my glam cave, and uh, also work on um, projects that will be up and running soon, hopefully, um, to promote my my business. Because um, I, I, as a Hollywood glam, I focus on vintage-inspired lingerie, um, inspired from the 20s through 40s Hollywood uh, period. Um, so it's gowns and teddies and uh, loungewear and mm. um, and also for men as well as women. Wonderful. Mm. Um, Plus sizes. And yes. So <laughs> I, hey. I, uh, everybody deserves to be uh, seen as beautiful and um, I, so it's all custom made. I don't really this, do a lot of on why I love that. <laughs> Yeah, this is awesome. Um, you know, I, the other other companies that kind of decree what sizes are deemed worthy, I don't agree with that. Um, so I primarily do custom made for that very reason so that it's a very personal experience. It's a very customized. Uh, it's a piece that is made for you that embodies how you feel and uh, colors and, and style that makes you feel good. That's awesome. Everybody wow. deserves that. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And you know, as a plus size person myself, I have to make and tailor and alter a lot of my costumes, especially like my undergarments and my underpinnings and things like that. Because yeah, I can go to Lane Bryant and I can buy something very basic that works great for you know a day of work but when it comes to performing and burlesque you know I want something nice too I want something cute and something rhinestone-y and something <laughs> fun and you know a lot of the clothing companies say nope that you're an odd size so you don't get that so you know it's great to know that there are fashion designers out there that are working on these things and that people and performers uh, that are not gifted in sewing or have a concept but don't know how to create it have a resource to go to to take their ideas and be like hey this is what I want how can I make this happen and you can you can work with them and help design this this ultimate garment because like you said even if it's for lounging around the house and drinking your wine <laughs> it still deserves to be you know exactly how you like it and to fit your body in a way that's comfortable and flattering for you absolutely yeah. Uh, when I first started the idea of having a laundry line, I asked a lot of my friends and coworkers, uh, female especially, like what what do they wear when they're at home? And most most of the answers were t-shirts and sweatpants. And it's like, do you like that? Does that make you feel good? And it's like, well, that's all that's available to me, my size. Yeah. And that's kind of what you know helped define uh, what I wanted to do. Because um, there should be things out there that are silky and satin and lace. That yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, still feel good. Yeah, um, that, that, that's awesome. I mean, you know, if you know, you got Victoria's Secrets, but if you don't fit their mold, you know, there you are stuck and you, where exactly. do you go? Yeah. Yeah. You really don't have anywhere to go. Um, yeah. That's now, nice. having said that, I know there are places like um, Torrid and other other companies that do that kind of thing but because I specialize in the 20s through 40s styles um, that's I think what kind of separates me from like I don't yeah. do a lot of foundation garments as I haven't yet but I can do the loungewear and because the 20s through 40s styles actually were um, very flattering to multiple body types mm -hmm. um, if you look at any you know Hollywood film from that time period uh, bias cut 
is your friend. <laughs> I, and, and, and I think that's a very popular style, too, yeah. is that yeah. time frame. Um, you know, just from shows and, and people, you know, I, I, I can see that. I can see that being more popular. The more modern stuff, I, I don't it's know. It's a dime it's a just, dozen. You can... Yeah. It's mass-produced, and it serves its purpose, but, you know... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But still, you know... I, I think you picked on it when you said mass-produced. <laughs> you just... It doesn't feel as special. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you currently taking commissions? Are you... I am, always. Taking clients as well? Yes, definitely. All right, so we um, will make sure that we put your links and your contact info. Thank you. And uh, yes. everything that people can to find you um, so that people can contact you if they have questions or, or commissions. So how does, how does the process work, whether it be the process for um, taking a commission from a client or the process of a script and designing for a show? How do those um, work together? How are they different? Do you have a, a preference for, for one or the other? Uh, well, when doing theater designing or you know, costume designing, that's a very different set of, of skills. <laughs> um, so the the idea with uh, doing a production, you would uh, if it's a, if it's a script, you would read the script. Um, the um, rule of thumb is you read the script three times. Once to to read it and acknowledge what the story is about and what the characters are doing. Second time to figure out how you would design for these characters, and the third is to make sure you haven't missed anything. So at least three times, if not more, within the production period, um, and then it's a lot of, like I said before, a lot of collaboration with the um, the director and the other people involved in you know, lighting and sets. Uh, most, more lighting than sets, really. Um, props, because there's always that gray area of costume props versus proppy props. Um, but for the for my Hollywood glam lingerie, it would be we would set an appointment. Um, we would, we would get together and talk about what you like, what you don't like, um, what you feel good in. You know, so I can get to kind of know you, and then um, based on I have about ten designs in my <laughs> my entourage right now, but I'm looking to make more. But based on those designs, would pick out what you know would suit your personality and your body shape the best. And then we can collaborate and make something that's for you. That's really interesting. There's are very different processes. <clears throat> oh yes. <laughs> do you do you have a preference? Do you or do you like being able to switch it up and go back and forth? I think I like being able to switch it up. I think yeah. I would too. I think that they <laughs> both have their pros and cons. That you know, there's stressors for one that you wouldn't have in the other. Yes, yeah. and I love doing vintage anything, anything period piece, <laughs> especially costumes, because then I can say, well, this is what they wore, so you have to wear it this way. Because <laughs> modern modern clothing is difficult because everyone thinks they know what they look like in clothing, and what you look like when you're wearing it out on the street is entirely different when you're standing oh, at least fifty mm-hmm. feet away from an audience member, usually higher up than their eye level, and lighting will make a huge difference. Oh, definitely. So, um, having faith in your costume designer as, a, as an actor or actress um, is Do you hear is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, completely different uh, mindset. So on, on the topic of vintage, though, let's talk fabrics. Like, do you have a, a favorite kind of fabric that you like to work with? Do you have a fabric that you're like, no, not that one? Because I know a lot of vintage fabrics are a little bit more difficult um, to work with than 
than modern fabrics as we wear today? Um, yes and no. A lot of the vintage fabrics are um, more organic because they didn't have synthetics, especially up, not up until like the like late 30s, early 40s, did they um, start having synthetics. Um, so there's cottons and, and natural silks and satins. Um, and the higher grade, the better. Um, I've had the luxury of, of working with higher grade things, and I've had the, you know, the, the difficulty of working with polyester satin, which is much it's stif stiffer. Um, so I love uh, Dupioni silk. It's, mm -hmm. it's a dream. I, I could make everything out of it. <laughs> um, and then as far as like things that are difficult to work with, yeah, it just depends on the quality, but like confetti dot fabric because <laughs> it's glued on so yeah. trying to to work with anything like that and not you know shoot your eye out <laughs> yeah. um, is a bit tricky and then um some people love working with knits i have a hard time with knits i, I can kind of i'm learning more about it but um knits need a, a patience <laughs> and the right kind of needle um but i'm, I'm learning so. i am going to bring a little bit of my project runway okay um <laughs> Have you had an unconventional type costume and fabric? And tell us a little bit about that, if so. Um, yes. <laughs> Just trying to think of which story to tell. Um, I've worked with some costumes that are, are tricky. Um, I made a tortoise shell for um, the tortoise and the hare. Oh, wow. Um, when I first moved back to Pittsburgh, I worked at South Park. Uh, theater. Okay. And they, they have a children's theater. And so one of the characters was a, a tortoise. And um, I figured out how to use some foam to make his shell and add, added it to a vest. So it still had that human element, but mm -hmm. also had the animal element. Um, and another lifetime ago, I worked in um, California and someone had commissioned me to make an awning that was rainbow colored, so each panel was different. Oh, wow. Um, so that was a lot of math that's <laughs> involved. Yeah. yeah, I could see um, that. And that was like a um, ripstop fabric, so that was a bit oh. tricky to, to play with. But um, but those were good learning experiences, too. So Cool, cool. Have you ever had a project where it was just a nightmare? You just couldn't wait to be done with it. <laughs> it like something for a show that you had to do, and it just mm. made you tear your hair out. Like, I can't wait till this costume is done. I want to burn it and dance around it in the moonlight when it's done. Um, I think that um, just about everything that I've worked on <laughs> in, in the process, especially if it hasn't, like, come together immediately, is, like, gosh darn it, kind of. <laughs> why aren't you working? Why is the universe against me? Um, but there, I think there's very few things that when it's been finished has been like, I, you know, I mean, you can always do, I feel like I could always do better, if, you know, of course, because well, yeah. that's the artist in me. But, um, but I feel like I've gotten things to the point where they've been okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's understandable. I, I've definitely felt like that with projects of any kind, whether they be sewing or painting or choreography or editing or this or that, where it's just like, oh my gosh. And then when it's done and you look at it, you're like, all right, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'd do it again, maybe, you know. It's like, it's having that vision, I think, you know, and, and sometimes hard. the vision changes in the process and Sometimes the fabric tells you what it's going to be, whether you like it or right. not. <laughs> Paint does the same thing, yeah. man. I feel that. 
And resin, apparently. Well, yeah. <laughs> Beth and I have um, been making resin jewelry. We taught okay. ourselves how to make uh, uh, resin jewelry and things during our, our quarantine time together. And um, so that's been a lot of fun. So, hey, all you, you <laughs> nice. party people out there. We are making resin jewelry. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of experimenting. Um, a lot of chemistry. A lot of science. Some of it works. Mm-hmm. Some of it doesn't. Um, but yeah, some, sometimes the resin and the designs that you're making, they dictate to you what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as an artist of any kind, you got to kind of listen to your medium. You know, if you're fighting your medium, then maybe it's not the right medium for you. Or, you know, you got to kind of have that faith in it and let it, let it talk to you, you know? Well, keep me in mind if you have some chemistry things oh, okay. you need to walk yeah. over. Um, I'd be happy to help out. I feel like I'm a little jelly because working through this whole time, which is, I, I know it's a good thing, but... You're damned if you're doing damned I don't damned get this artistic <laughs> ability, so, um, yeah, I work. <laughs> and that's awesome. And, you know, without an audience, what we're doing is not... That's true. That's yeah, true. that is hard. So, you know, thank you, though, to our essential workers out yes. there. Thank you to the people that didn't get a choice if they wanted yes. to work. Even if you yeah. don't feel like your business was essential, but you still, you know, were mandated to work, I understand that that's hard it was one of those points where people that weren't working wanted to work and people that were working wish they had the time off and it, it's unfortunately no happy medium in that so it's yeah. it's been rough on everybody in a, in a different perspective but t roy is our resident mad scientist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he's got it where's your where's your scare house lab coat i you know they oh. still have it they still have it it's there yeah, I wore that thing for two years. Yeah. Two years, apothecary and a mad scientist. So, yeah. I did. I did get to wear the lab coat uh, in the basement when I when I worked in the basement. Yeah, was the that's right. The that's doctor. actually that's actually Sean's lab coat. I brought one in too. So oh, I, did you? Did okay. Person. Yeah. So Sean has a lab coat that was his in mortuary school. Oh, okay, that's there. right. Yeah, so, yeah, wow. uh, yeah, we still got that one out there, too, so he's probably going to yell at me he's when nothing. he hears that it's still there. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are going to cut for a break. Um, we have our sponsor of the, of the month, mm-hmm. and um, we will be right back, guys. Hey, Haley, I'm getting ready to leave work now. But you know what? I'm glad we're green, but I just really don't feel like going to the gym yet. I mean, I really need to work out and get this uh, uh, epidemic tummy away. Um, what what ideas do you have? So if you don't like to work out by yourself, if you hate the gym, I have an answer for you. You can join me every Monday and Thursday on my online Zoom yoga classes. The Zoom yoga classes are through the Shala of Pittsburgh Ashtanga Yoga, and I teach every Monday, 5.30 to 6.40, and every Thursday, 6 p.m. to 7.10. So both evenings, both after work, uh, I started doing yoga because I hated the gym, and I didn't like working out by myself because I couldn't keep myself accountable. I got into Ashtanga Yoga and fell in love. And for the last year, I have been teaching beginners the practice of Ashtanga Yoga. So you can join me uh, those weeknights, and you can learn Ashtanga Yoga in an accessible and 
fun and safe way in the comfortability of your own home. The Shala's lease on our physical location is up in July and we are looking for a new home. We are hoping to stay in the Strip District, Millvale, Bloomfield, Lawrenceville area, so keep an eye out for us. Is this something that they have to pay for when you get this? Or ah, I'm glad you asked. So the classes are $10, and you could sign up on the Shala's website, um, just pghashtanga.com, or you can just type it into Google, the Shala. You'll be able to find us. Uh, you go through the checkout process, put your email in, pay your 10 bucks, and then you will get a Zoom link from me to your email. So once you see that pop up, uh, you can enter the Zoom link 15 minutes before class. So on Thursdays, I start at 6. Class opens up at 5.45, um, and then we get started at 6. Wow, that sounds perfect. I think I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, I think you should. Yes, you'll definitely help me out some, I'm sure. Um, uh, so uh, when they try to find this, they could probably go on the Pittsburgh Stage Odyssey Facebook page, correct? To Co get a link? Correct. All right. So we got you guys all set. Um, check Haley out. She is wonderful. Um, she's an inspiration and uh, she's, a, she's a great person to uh, get to know and do a little yoga with. So uh, take care and enjoy the rest of our episode. All right, guys, we're back. You've been wonderful to talk to so far and um, we got some good things here yet to come. Um, so I'm going to get away a little bit from the theater, kind of. Um, this is something that really excited me. Um, you worked for Disney Cruise Line. I did. <laughs> uh, I was part of their inaugural uh, team. Amazing. So you got to do those big, huge princess gowns and... Uh, mostly because uh, I was working wardrobe, so I got to to maintain those big <laughs> ah. princessy grounds. And uh, we did uh, three main stage shows. There was um, a comedy troupe, uh, two bands, and all the um, all the characters, all the Disney characters, uh, face characters, and and the costume characters. And there were two of us on the ship that took care of all of that. Wow, it was a bit crazy. I was going to say, that but... <laughs> kept you pretty busy. I, I was going to say, did you enjoy the cruise and, and, and you know, some of the factors of that? But, uh, yeah, I, I, I see you in a little, like, closet sewing away. <laughs> Cinderella. Actually, it was about that size. <laughs> I'm just picturing that song. Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> Come and fix this. Yeah, pretty much. So, actually, I was only on the ship for a, as a functioning ship for a month because they were building the ship. Um, and so it was in um, 98 that the inauguration happened. Okay. But I started working with them, I think it was like December of 96. So we were out in Italy for seven months working on things while they were still building the ship. Oh, wow. Um, so that was actually the, the kind of exciting part of the experience because we got to live in another country and experience that. And um all the craziness of, of Disney with that but um, so our spaces weren't functioning and so we were, were doing costume fittings and, and alterations in one of the restaurants of the uh, the magic was the first ship and uh, but I got to see this I got to see the ship in dry dock so I got to stand underneath the ship and touch the propeller oh wow that's cool <laughs> so there were some really um, awesome moments in that experience um, but then uh, my contract ended a, a month after the ship was actually 
taking passengers and um, so actually my, my mother and I went back on the ship for my birthday <laughs> um, and got to experience it as guests. So oh, awesome. we did get to actually, you know, have a room with a, a window and, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of fun to do that. That sounds yeah. like a great time. I, I've never been on a cruise, but working in Florida sometimes, um, the cruise ships will pass us. Okay. And I, I, I don't know, I guess just not being around the ocean or different areas, I never realized cruise ships are so big. Yes. They're enormous. I mean, you know, the the first day we worked, the first one that came over, because we're in like the, uh, where they dock, the area that, mm-hmm. that they dock in. And the first one came in and we weren't paying attention. We're working. And all of a sudden this big shadow just comes oh, over yeah. us. And you look up and it's <laughs> oh, like right God. there. And it's like, whoa. It's going to be really intimidating. Yeah. It is. It is. The, the magic, if you put it on its end, was taller than the Empire State Building. Oh my oh, wow. goodness! And we lived in the back of the ship and worked in the front of the ship. So, oh, wow. <laughs> I was the, in the best shape of my life, <laughs> and I had muscles because of all the fire doors that we had to open and drag laundry and yeah, wow. it was crazy, but it was fun. Did you have any um, like turbulent days where the waves were? Kind oh my of... gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, thankfully, I never got uh, not motion sickness. But um, but there were a couple of times so trying to thread that needle and missing because your, your whole body's moving and it's like oh my god uh, the 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 biggest um, hindrance I think for our shows was um, the sets uh, during the shows a few times we had to we had to stop the show because they were on tracks the set pieces were on tracks yeah. and they would jump the track if we went over a big wave or something oh wow and we had we did a, a disney experience show so it was like a, a um a montage of all the famous disney movies and then there was a um voyage of the ghost ship was kind of like a pirates of the caribbean-esque uh, show and then we did Hercules because that was still popular at the time. So all these set pieces <laughs> that were on tracks in the stage just would would not be our friends sometimes. So um, that was a bit of a challenge. Um, and then flying people in the air because <laughs> we, we, we had Peter Pan and yeah. flying her in the air, oh him, him in the air um, was. Um, Oh, I'm just picturing that going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Little Um, going in circles, you know. (laughs) Blue fairy, she was a trooper too. Um, So yeah, so that was some of the challenges. Uh, And then just um, living in, like you said, a closet, uh, you know, with no windows because we were in the the, the bowels of the ship. Um, I would actually go and sneak out and and sleep on the the crew deck because the crew deck was in the front of the ship and mm-hmm. at least there was like fresh air and could see the sunrise and it was really beautiful the ship is gorgeous um very reminiscent of the uh art deco styles of uh the ships you know previous um, nice. but yeah it was an experience I, I was i my contract was a year but um but it was only on the ship as like an actual functioning ship for a month gotcha gotcha <laughs> that sounds really exciting yeah i i would yeah that that would be cool. Yeah, get to see some of my Disney. That's characters. one of those I'm I'm grateful for, and also uh, learned a lot from good and bad. Yep. <laughs> grew up a lot. Yeah. Um, so along the same lines, um, and this is kind of going to fit with us a little bit, but you also worked at Universal Studios. Yes. Um, Florida or California? Uh, that was both actually. <laughs> really? Wow. Um, I've been to California. Okay. Loved it. Um, so. 
Uh, did you work any with their Halloween season? I did. <laughs> That's where I wanted to take it to. <laughs> I want to know There's about these. Um, yes. So actually, after being uh, on the cruise line, um, I got off the ship in Florida and kind of was trying to figure out what to do. And um, I did something else in between, but I actually started working um, with the Universal Studios and uh, then had the opportunity to move to California. And so I took it because I figured I was never going to go out to California any other way. And um, so it was very interesting to see how the theme parks, how very different they functioned. Where in Florida, it was a theme park that happened to have a couple of sound stages and did like Nickelodeon and a couple other things. Where out in California, it was a movie studio. They happened to have a theme park on top of the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and the way they were viewed was very different. Whereas in Florida, the theme park was their main income and their main focus. And out in California, it, it was reversed. Well, that's, yeah. um, but, uh, but still grateful for all the experiences and... Uh, you know, to be able to, to be able to walk on a movie set. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I just got to see the sidelines, but I, I loved it there when I was there. Um, we didn't get to do a, a lot because of the lines. Okay. But um, as far as you were talking about open stages, I think I only remember two. And one of them was very uh, kind of put together. And it was towards the entrance. And I think that was more for like a traveling type show. Okay. Kind of thing. Um but uh, yeah, there wasn't. It was more. Um, there, there were the ride. I mean, there was the the ET ride, which was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and then there was the uh, the mummy. Oh yeah. The mummy was so amazing. This was in Florida. Uh, California. Cal- California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the mummy was so amazing. I mean, the 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 uh, Anubis. Yeah. At the end, that was like what. 10, 12 feet tall, and he just, like, came out of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that scared me, yeah, and that's yeah. hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty intimidating. That was but, one um, of my favorite ones, actually. To yes, yeah. yes. That's what I was going to say. I mean, they're Halloween is so I, I mean, I would say they're, like, one of the kings of yeah. Halloween. Yeah. You always hear about Universal Studios, and mm-hmm. um, that's one of my bucket lists is to make it out there for Halloween. Just yeah. just one year because I, I know it's just going to blow everything away that I've seen. Yeah, they do it right. Yes. Actually, they had um, this actor was amazing. Um, I don't think they asked him to do this, but he was dressed as the um, Wolfman. And he had like this jumpsuit on, and he had knee pads that had um, metal plates on them, and his claws had metal tips so he would go th- running through the crowd of fog and then land on his knees and skid and create these sparks oh, wow. with his knees and oh, his wow. fingernails and it was just amazing that <laughs> would have like, been awesome i think he just did that because he wanted to kind yeah of that, but yeah it just made it so much better and yeah that was fun oh wow that would be cool. Yeah, that does sound really cool. We need to write that. <laughs> Some good costume tricks. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you also work for Cirque du Soleil. Tell us about that. What shows did. did you work on? Um, so that was actually after um, the the cruise line, and um, um, before I started working with uh, Universal Studios, I had been working with Disney doing their um, their furries, <laughs> and then. Um, Cirque du Soleil came to town and was 
made an agreement with, with Disney, and so they were on the downtown Disney property, and they built... <laughs> I have a lot of firsts with being things being built, like the cruise ship, and then they built a theater space, a theater um, in the round, essentially, for Cirque du Soleil. And so we worked in trailers for a few months until the space was ready, which is not as glamorous as Italy, but um, <laughs> but still, um, but it was wonderful to meet people from Montreal and yeah. see how they worked and, and because their um, mathematics system is, is, is different from ours, to see how they created these amazing costume pieces and um, to, you know, to be a part of a Cirque du Soleil production is, I think, unique compared to many other yeah. theatrical uh, venues. Um, so to also be able to see that whole all come to fruition was pretty amazing and yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Um, and uh, yeah, most of the performers were uh, very kind and they all kind of kept to themselves a lot of the times because they were, they worked so hard. When they weren't performing, they were training. And there were these um, Chinese acrobats that came in and they, they did all kinds of like Diablo, which is like the spindle on the thread kind oh, of thing. Mm-hmm. And there were about, um, I think like eight of them, ranging from like four or five year olds to like maybe 12. Oh, and wow. they were here on visas. So they would, every six months or so, they would change over. Hmm. They worked the hardest, I think. Um, and uh, But just to see that type of performance, that type of art, yeah. was um, amazing. And um, so I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Was it a specific show that you... Oh, um, that it was Lanuba. That was the, the show okay. that they mounted. I think it's still there. Okay. Um, um, it's, it's changed, actually. It's changed a lot since when I first started. Uh, it, it kind of, it was one of those rush shows, I guess, <laughs> um, because they did all these amazing costumes and then went back and remade them even more amazing. Oh. So um, I, don't, I don't know all the politics and ins and outs of it, but it just it seems like they were... Um, uh, under a time frame. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, but yes, but still amazing. And uh, the acrobatics uh, that they did, there were four like, clown type acrobatics oh. that were kind of tied in the show. And they wore <laughs> talking about costumes earlier. They wore silk. White silk. Oh. So one of my jobs was to clean their costumes after every show Ooh. and all the blood on their costumes <laughs> oh. <laughs> because they would scrape their knees or elbows. And yeah, uh, it was not glamorous, but it still was wow. a lot of fun. <laughs> wow, yeah. I'm sure that was a uh, a lot of work trying to clean blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree to that, especially white silk. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> So you're a performer as well. She's a Jill of all trades. So what kind of performance do you do? Um, Well, I was actually brought up in a family of um, performers. And my sister was a dancer. And so I became a dancer. And um, I have background in ballet, jazz, flamenco, and then as an adult, I learned uh, belly dancing. But belly dancing, I feel, is one of those skills that you perpetually are learning. There's mm-hmm. always something to oh, definitely. to adjust or, or benefit from, and it's such a personal thing um, that it, it's um, really in, 
attunes you with your own body, and that's the beauty of it. Yes. It's an expression, I should say. Um, so I've been doing that, and I, I still do that, although not as much lately. Um, I also face paint, and uh, I've had a um, variety show that I did at senior facilities for a while that highlighted famous ladies in history. Um, the idea originally was to be about women that influenced fashion history, and then it became more about their personalities, um, like Mae West, uh, Betty Boop, oh. Marilyn Monroe, Carmen Miranda, Patsy Cline. So um, the facilities that I worked at, they loved music. And I'm not really a singer, but I tried. <laughs> and would give trivia about each of these uh, personalities. And that was a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. There doesn't happen yes. to be footage of that, does there? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, She's like, ah, she was, all right. I was getting excited. I was in. Oh, I was in at Betty Boop, man. I was yeah. in. All right. Oh. I might, might have some pictures. After the show. After the show. Oh, my. So, um, that flamingo dancing, that's cool. Now, did you, you design any of your outfits for flamingo dancing? Because that is pretty... That was when I was in high school, like middle school, high okay. school, so okay. no. Um, but I did do a lot, I did make all the costumes for my variety show, so um, Carmen Miranda's costume, yes. I made um, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Betty Boop, I also did um, Patriotic Show, so I would talk okay. about Betsy Ross and uh, Martha Washington, I made a lot of those costumes, um, because they all had to be rigged for quick changes, because it was a one-woman show, uh, <laughs> so I had, I would, I picked some really good music to put on in between each character that uh, would entertain the, the masses and then I would do quick changes um, behind a screen. That sounds like such um, fun shows. It was great. Yeah, like 45 <laughs> minutes like, of insanity. <laughs> so we're going to book you. Yes, there we go. I was in really good shape though. I should need to get back into it. <laughs> None of us are in very good shape. It's okay. It's okay. Um, wow, that sounds really cool. Um, so with face painting, what's the most difficult request you've had? Ooh. Um, hmm. Uh, I try not to do anything that's licensed, so uh, because I'm not with a, a corporation or anything, I don't have that protection or backing. Um, so I've done like maybe variations on something, but I try not to do anything um, that that might have you know licensing because that's someone else's work, and I don't want right. to infringe on that. Um, so I've had some some kids request certain things that just I just can't do or I choose not to do, um, but we usually find a, a happy medium. And uh, uh, I've been working with uh, daycare facilities, and I've done birthday parties. I've done themed birthday parties, um, like Snow White, of things within the city. Okay, awesome. So we we talked about Hollywood glam, and we talked about your um, your commissions and your custom work. Is there anything else that you want to touch on with that? Um, do you want to tell our lovely? listeners how they can get a hold of you if they have an idea for a vintage uh, lingerie piece or they'd like to um, get a commission from you? Well, uh, right now I'm available through um, Facebook and Instagram through um, Hollywood Glam and I'm working on getting a, a website this summer. Uh, that's been a bit of a challenge just because it'd be more of an information website than a, mm -hmm. a format to sell things. Um, I'm also working on uh, some uh, lingerie boxes to offer to um, photographers or anybody that would be interested in that kind of thing. And I'm probably in the next week or so, I'm planning to do an auction. Uh, I collect uh, a lot of vintage 
uh, uh, not even costume, just like vintage clothing, and my stock is really overwhelming. So I'm planning to do um, an, a live auction, and the proceeds will go towards um, a, a charity um, looking at the NAACP, which is awesome. a, an organization mm-hmm. that helps with um, black communities and getting the, them the resources they need. That'd be wonderful. And um, just let us know, and um, we will post that onto our uh, Facebook page, our Pittsburgh page, page Odyssey page. Um, that way, nobody can miss it, and they'll have a great opportunity to find some great fashion. Thank fashion. you so much. Yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, real quick, just a couple of quick things. We're starting to wrap up, but um, if you could give advice for aspiring young designers, what... Did you discover about the industry and what would you want them to know about? Well, um, that's a really good question. It, it's, um, that's a very complicated question. We probably do a whole segment on just that. <laughs> um, I would say find people that you admire and uh, try to learn from them if you can and be patient and have faith in your creativity. That's a great answer good advice yes I totally agree um, and on the topic of um, charities you also have another project that <laughs> you've recently got involved with that uh, has to do with charities you want to tell us about that real quick uh, yes so starting in uh, April late April early May um, I became a, a CE which is a cause entrepreneur mm. which sounds a lot fancier than it is <laughs> Uh, with a, an organization called One Hope Wine. They um, are a, a wine manufacturer based out in Napa Valley. Um, Robert Mondavi Jr. is one of the heads of the winery. And every bottle you purchase goes towards a charity. Um, you don't have to be a member, which is also nice. I know a lot of places require you to be mem- have a membership, so you don't have to have a membership, but the more wa- bottles you purchase, the the better deal you get, um, but uh, but every purchase you make goes towards a cause, and some of the the wines are already linked to a cause. But if you have a charity or a, a nonprofit that you would like to raise funds for, then I'm able to help set up a fundraiser for that as well. This sounds like mm-hmm. it's a win-win situation for everybody. Absolutely, yes. that yes. It, it you know we help a cause, we drink some wine, we put yeah. <laughs> some money in a in a artist's pocket. It all sounds like it's it's a good idea. Um, actually, Pittsburgh Stage Odyssey will be hosting a uh, One Hope virtual wine party, um, probably towards the end of June. We'll have more information about that. And um, we'll be donating all the proceeds to a charity um, that could really use the resources right now. We'll announce that when we announce our party. So thank you, yeah, Beth, for helping us be able to help the community. And um, Thank you. And <laughs> people can get in touch with you personally then if they would also like to host a One Hope Wine Party. Definitely. Um, again, Facebook seems to be a good way to go about that. Um, and uh, you can either look under Beth Sherry or Hollywood Glam LLC. Great. Okay, cool. And I'm really excited. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. I, right? We got to take advantage <laughs> of it because it, um, you know, it, it allows us to give out as well. So definitely, um, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be buying two or three or four <laughs> bottles. You. And um, yeah, so uh, we'll definitely get that posted out. And um, that party will be starting next week. Woo-hoo. 
Cheers. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. So on that, um, we are going to wrap up, guys. Um, we are getting close to our time. So uh, uh, next month, we are going to bring back, we did say we were going to have them prior, but due to the pandemic. Uh, we kind of did a haul, but... Time. Yes. So we are going to bring back the Moat Rats. Um, I'm really excited to have them. Um, I've known them for some time, and uh, they have some really good jazzy blues type music, and uh, I think you guys will uh, really enjoy it and learn a little bit more about them. So uh, I want to thank you, Sherry, or Sherry, Sherry, <laughs> Beth, <laughs> I'm thinking of your last name. I'm sorry. Ah. She just has such a fantastic <laughs> name. <sighs> I know, I know. It's, you know what it is? I wanted to make sure I pronounced her last name right. So it's in my head. I, That's I what it was. So. I understand. Sorry, no, Beth. <laughs> but it's called been, worse. <laughs> <laughs> it has been fabulous having it's you. It's a pleasure. Thank um, you. I've really enjoyed it. Um, learning more. You have such a history already and you've got so much more to come I hope um, so. yes yes I'm wonderful wonderful um so uh guys if you like this um you know we'll be having the episode out soon on facebook please like our episode on facebook give us some shout outs uh we want to hear from you guys send those messages let us know what you want to hear uh if you have any guests that you would like to have us on um you know, to interview and learn a little bit more about, just give us a shout. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Make sure you check us out on social media, the Pittsburgh Stage Odyssey. We are on Facebook. We are on the Instagram. We are on the Twitters. <laughs> um, make sure you give us some likes. Share us. You know, let let people know that we're out there. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. Bye.